Welcome to the podcast that takes you back in time to rewind and relive all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. Get ready to go beyond the bell. Beyond the bell. With your host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman. Get ready to relive the year 1997 in the Stone Cold Chronicles. Welcome back to Beyond the Bell. I'm Sean Beckerman, returning once again to document the legendary Hall of Fame career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin 316 is in full swing in the year 1997, and the Rattlesnake sets his sights on the Intercontinental Championship. This edition will relive the pile driver from Owen Hart that led to Austin's broken neck and his battle back to the squared circle. Follow Stone Cold as he begins his infamous feud with the leader of the Nation of Domination, The Rock. Listen to retro audio featuring The Rock himself, Owen Hart, Bret Hart, Jim Ross, and many more. What a year in 1997 for Steve Austin and get ready to go back in time to relive these classic memories. Why? Because Stone Cold said so. Wearing a t-shirt from 80stees.com makes me feel like a kid again. I can picture myself opening up the brand new Junkyard Dog LJN Wrestling Superstars rubber action figure. I am ready to style and profile with my Ric Flair retro tee. I also grabbed the original Hot Rod Ringer tee so I can host Piper's Pit with my five-year-old son. I even bought his first ever Hot Rod tee as well. From Andre the Giant to Macho Man Randy Savage, 80s tees takes you back in time to celebrate your all-time favorite wrestling legends. All of their tees provide you with a vintage look and feel. You can also be involved in the production process as you can crowdfund your favorite designs. 80stees.com. Delight and amaze the kid in us all. Stone Cold says so right now, Owen Hart. I don't need no doctor's approval. I ain't gonna wear this piece of crap they gave me. The fact that you dumped me on my head last night don't mean a damn thing to me. The fact of the matter was, you were too stupid to cover me when you had the chance. The bottom line is, you're a loser, Owen Hart, not because I say you are, but because it runs through your veins because your mom and dad gave that to you and can't nothing I do about that. Tonight I truly will open up a can of whoop ass and show you exactly what Austin 316 means. And that's the bottom line.
songs talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. does what he wants, what he wants, and that's the bottom line from the Stone Cold Simpson. At the end of 1996, Stone Cold Steve Austin had arrived, and Austin 316 was born. In November of 96, Stone Cold Steve Austin was in a heated rivalry with Bret the Hitman Hart. Tonight, we cover 1997 in the history of Stone Cold called Steve Austin. Coming out of Survivor Series 1996 and his loss to Bret the Hitman Hart, Austin's next push came at the beginning of the new year. This is when he entered the 1997 Royal Rumble. This is with the winner getting a world title shot at the next WrestleMania. There was a lot on the line for Steve Austin. See, this is where we got a problem. You TV guys always got the cameras where you don't belong. Well, the problem is I'm not talking to anybody until I throw 29 pieces of trash over the top rope and advance to WrestleMania to face the champ so you can take your camera and stick it, son. That's it. Cut. Cut. Despite drawing number five, Austin hung around, eliminating ten wrestlers in the event. Although he was actually tossed out by Bret Hart late in the match, the referees did not see it. So Austin re-entered and got rid of The Undertaker, Vader, and Bret Hart to win the 1997 Royal Rumble and earn a world title shot. Waistlock dead down by Austin. Austin all over Diesel. Come on, Austin. Undertaker and Vader doing? in the corner. And fucking mankind. Austin been eliminated. Austin, wait a minute. He was in there for 34 minutes. Yeah, the referees didn't see it. Austin has been eliminated. Wait a minute. The Undertaker and Vader have both just been eliminated. But Austin but and Undertaker have been, been eliminated as well. And now it's over. Uh, no. No. Wait a minute here. Here is the winner. And Vader and Bret Hart, but Austin went out. Bret Hart eliminated Stone Cold, and the referees didn't oh, see it. And Bret Hart is not going to stand for it. Maybe his feet didn't hit the floor, Ross. I saw it. I'm sitting right here, King. I didn't even see the monitor. And now imagine Bret Hart. I was looking at Terry. Imagine Buckingham. what's going on in his mind. Austin was eliminated. We saw it. We called it. The officials were over there with Mankind and Terry Crockett and didn't see it. Bret Hart's obsession, his Bret Hart's obsession with winning a title is so evident. Bret cannot believe it. Bret Hart eliminated Stone Cold, and now the referee saw it. President Gorilla Monsoon had different ideas, setting up a final four match at the next pay-per-view. This was due to Austin having been eliminated before winning the matchup. It was supposed to be for the title shot, but when Shawn Michaels was forced to vacate the heavyweight strap due to a knee injury, the belt went up for grabs. The match went down between Austin, Hart, Vader, and The Undertaker, the final four, in the ring at the end of the 97 Rumble. 
Unfortunately, Austin was eliminated first by the Hitman, mainly because of a slight knee injury. Hart went on to win the match and the WWE title. But Austin was not through with the Hitman, as he decided to hit Hart with a chair the next day on Raw to cause him to lose the title to Sid. Hart won the championship, then within 24 hours, lost it to Psycho Sid. You're going to give me a piece of equipment that works, son, or I have to whip your ass. Red Hart, you can sit there and bellyache and complain with the best of them, son. Ever since you came back, you ain't done nothing but cry. You sit there and talk about how Vince screwed you, how everybody screwed you, how I screwed you. The bottom line is, son, when the going gets tough, the hearts get going back home. Knock it off. Go back to Canada, son, because the only person you could possibly be is your wrinkle-up old man in his little old basement. You talk about being jerked around. I've been jerked around for seven years, and then I get here, I'm supposed to face Psycho Sid tonight, and some guy, a 350-pound buffoon that calls himself Gorilla Monsoon, the commissioner, says, no, no, Psycho Sid is at home with a concussion. Psycho Sid may be at home with a concussion and an ice pack on his head, but he's also got a yellow stripe running right down the middle of his back. As far as Gorilla Monsoon goes, I got a big bunch of bananas, and I can tell you where to stick each and every one of them. You want me to face the Undertaker, you can bring his dead ass out here because I threw it over the top rope last night and I'll do the exact same thing right now. So bring him on out. I got something for him. Austin and Hart continued to feud for the next month leading up to WrestleMania 13 and things began to change between the two superstars while Hart began to take heat from the crowd for his whining about being cheated out of the title Austin began to earn more and more respect with the fans. I loved doing my programs with Bret Hart in 1996 and 1997 when he made his comeback. I was handpicked by Bret to work with him at Madison Square Garden. I was real proud of that. Then we booked our big match for March 23rd, 1997 at WrestleMania 13 at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, Illinois. It put him over as a heel for being such a crybaby. I think that match at WrestleMania 13 was my favorite ever. I cut some great promos on Bret. Bret, you're sitting out there whining and crying because you're a loser. I tried to come out and help you win the title. It could have been you and me going for it all at WrestleMania, but you blew the whole damn thing because you're a loser. Well, Brett, at WrestleMania 13, you will say, I quit. And someday it will be you and me for the championship, and I will be the next WWE champion. The match at WrestleMania was signed under I Quit Rules, with Ultimate Fighting Champion and the newly debuted Ken Shamrock as the special guest referee. The match continued to flip-flop as both superstars used whatever submission holds they could to win. Austin put in a figure four on the ring post at one point, but managed to escape. He was later badly cut open, very bad, bleeding from the forehead, but continued to fight back. While this was going on, portions of the crowd and audience in attendance started to cheer more and more for Austin, and it wound up that the majority of 
the now WWE Universe was on his side. In the end, Hart put Austin in the sharpshooter for the second time after Austin had powered out of the first one. And Austin, as a result, passed out from the pain. He would not give up. He fought and fought. He would not say the words, I quit or submit. As a result, he passed out in a pool of his own blood. What a visual it was. Afterwards, Hart viciously attacked the unconscious Austin until Shamrock made the save, immediately switching the roles of face and heel. An uncanny event in professional wrestling in one match, the face and heel switched sides. Austin, after one match, was now a hot fan favorite and babyface. When that match was being built up for WrestleMania 13, I was blind to my becoming a babyface. I didn't see it coming. I wasn't looking to be a babyface at all when we had that match. But the fans' cheers were outweighing their booze at the time. Everyone was telling me I'm a babyface. Brian Pillman came up to me and said, Hey man, you're a babyface now. I said, No, I'm not. He grinned and said, Yeah, you're a babyface with a smart-ass delivery. As only Brian could deliver. He said, Steve's a babyface. Steve's a babyface. I said, screw you. I said, no, I'm not. I'm a damn heel. I was starting to get hot. And he said, listen to the fans. You're a freaking babyface. A damn white meat babyface. So I started listening to the crowd. And at that match, I got almost as loud a cheer as Bret Hart did. That told me something. I was hot at the time, and Austin 316 and Stone Cold said so were going strong. But that match at WrestleMania 13 really locked it in for me. It put Stone Cold Steve Austin square in the middle of the pro wrestling map. It was a quality wrestling match. A match of the year, according to some people. I don't think that's an exaggeration either. My own personal experience with this match was it took my breath away. Go back to the archives at ringannouncing.com to the very first edition of Beyond the Bell when we held the WrestleMania card. I stated that this was my favorite WrestleMania match. Not just because it had Hart and Austin in it, but for the sheer fact that we saw a switch of roles in this match. It had brutality, a hardcore style, but also had Bret Hart involved, so therefore it had to be somewhat of a technical match in a sense. They told a story. I love this match for the sheer fact that we saw two superstars switch roles by telling a story inside the squared circle. Sure, it went out to the floor. It was an I quit bloody graphic match. But the visualization of seeing Austin fight and fight and the blood dripping from the forehead of Austin as he slowly loses his power, loses his consciousness, and falls just into a pool of his own blood. What a visualization. And right at that moment, you had a baby face you can cheer for, a fan favorite, someone that is worth cheering for, that would fight and would not give up, and would pass out before he would utter the words, I quit. What a story was told in that matchup. That is why it will go down, in my opinion, as one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. This resembles more than a bar fight than a wrestling match. All the way up in the stands, and some 18,197 fans watching. Oh my goodness, they don't care where they take this thing. The heart is spinning, months and months of frustration on Stone Cold Steve Austin. These two men are, are beating and battering each other. Hit that drunk with a jacket on. This is what WrestleMania is about. Headbutt by the Hitman. Bret Hart and Hitman Bret Hart going at it. Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold has it. 
Stone Cold has Bret Hart hooked from out of vantage point. Tries to get him up and jam him right now. Bret Hart back body dropping. Austin down right the, up there in the bleachers. Down the steps. Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin taking it to the street, so to speak, which is what we're going to see later on in that Chicago street fight. Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Ken Shamrock following right behind. It's like a free-for-all out there. And Hart, as you said before, JR, taking out all that frustration about having been screwed all these many months, all these many times. Bret Hart with Stone Cold. Look at that. Here's how it all started. We're back in the Corral area at Stone Cold Steve Austin. These men have spent about 30 seconds in the ring and several minutes outside just beating the living heck out of each other. Get over there where you can hear him, Shamrock. Austin helped make this match work even after the match was over. Him refusing to have help being brought back to the locker room. He wanted to walk out on his own. Austin was his own man, and Austin 316 left WrestleMania 13 as the hottest babyface now in the World Wrestling Federation. The feud with Hart grew larger and larger as the weeks went on. The Hitman reformed the Hart Foundation with his brother Owen, his former tag team partner and champion Jim the Anvil Nightheart, the British Bulldog, and the former flyer, now loose cannon, Brian Pillman, the former tag team partner of Steve Austin. This Canadian force immediately began having wars with Austin and his allies, creating a war between two countries and the WWF. At the next pay-per-view, In Your House, Taker's Revenge, Austin had heart in his own version of the sharpshooter, only to be attacked by the British Bulldog, giving him the win via disqualification. At Raw the next night, a furious Austin challenged Hart to a street fight match, brawling with him all over the place. Austin eventually badly injured Hart's knee with a chair, then continued to attack him in the ambulance, making sure that the damage was done. Austin's popularity rose even higher here. Some new and innovative television was being seen by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Him showing up in the ambulance created shock value that was much needed for WWF programming. Having taken out the hitman, Austin became the next in line for a world title shot. He took on The Undertaker at In Your House a cold day in hell. When Austin started to take the advantage, though, the Hart Foundation again interfered, costing Austin the title and continuing their war. In his battles with the Hart Foundation, Austin began to ally himself with the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Although neither wrestler liked one another, they continued to help each other out. This is really since they had a common foe in the Hart Foundation. Near the end of May of 97, the two got into a match against Owen Hart and the British Bulldog, the WWF Tag Team Champions. Austin was able to take out the Bulldog and get the pinfall, giving him and HBK the titles despite their mutual hatred for each other. Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin were now WWF World Tag Team Champions. As a result, the two champs faced off at King of the Rain 97 
in a brutal match, both for the wrestlers and the referees. Two refs were taken out by finishers during the bout, leading to the match being thrown out by the third. A few weeks later, Michaels disappeared from the radar, leaving Austin without a partner. Many wrestlers tried to work their way into the championship, including Mankind McFoley. Austin stunned them instead. The next week, Austin faced off alone against Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. During the match, the lights hit, and Foley came out dressed up as a new character, Dude Love. With his help, Austin won the match, making the championships firmly his once again. As a result, Austin shook Dude Love's hand, making him his brand new tag team partner and champion. In August of 97, Austin locked his crosshairs onto the Intercontinental Champion, Owen Hart. The two had some brutal fights leading up to SummerSlam 97, where they went at it in a one-on-one confrontation. I was there live at the Continental Airlines Arena, the Meadowlands. It was a great show overall. Interesting main event with the WWF Championship switching hands with Shawn Michaels, the special guest referee, but one match stood out above the rest because it made an impact in the career of not just Steve Austin, but Owen Hart as well. Both men competed for the Intercontinental title. During the bout, though, Austin was dropped on his neck by Owen Hart when a tombstone pile driver went wrong. Austin laid on the mat for a minute with the ref checking on him, while Owen stalled on the ropes, pandering to the fans. Austin then somehow got up and got a cradle-pin victory for the win and becoming the Intercontinental Champion in the process. A very sloppy schoolboy, but considering Austin could not feel his hands, arms, or legs, not bad. Austin was now the Intercontinental Champion. Owen Hart was Bret Hart's younger brother. I enjoyed Owen's company, but we weren't running buddies. My match with Owen was set for SummerSlam 1997 on August 3rd, 1997 at the Meadowlands Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. By then, Stone Cold was really catching fire with the fans. I was told that I was going to win the Intercontinental title belt back from Owen on that night. The stipulation to my challenge was that if I couldn't beat him and win, I was going to have to kiss his ass. We really built that up on TV as a major deal. It was another simple, easy-to-understand storyline. So the day came, and I was talking to Owen in the back, and we were throwing a few things together for the finish of the title match. I said to him, well, what if we do that thing where I come in for the elbow, and you rotate your back around and pick me up upside down and give me the tombstone pile driver? Then you cover me, and I'll kick out right before the three count. I added, now, Owen, I don't trust just anybody to do a pile driver to me, but you can do it, right? And he said, yeah. I said, you're going to go to your knees, right? And he said, no, I'm going to drop to my ass. Then I said, well, you need to go to your knees, right? And he said, no, I dropped to my ass. That's two times I said that. And I was thinking, I'm dealing with Owen Hart, brother of Bret Hart and son of Stu Hart. I guess he knows what he's doing. He's ribbing me about dropping to his ass instead of his knees. Owen was a hell of a technician. When he assured me I'd be okay, I took his word that I'd be okay. I didn't think twice about it. I had mentioned my concerns to him twice, but in an inverted tombstone pile driver done the way Undertaker does... It's always going to the knees, not the ass. So I figure, Owen's got it. He knows my concern. I'd asked him twice about it, and that was the big spot in the match. When I came out that night, boy, people were ready to see Stone Cold Steve Austin do the Stone Cold Stunner on Owen for the title belt. The match went along, and it was a good match. The right style of match for that year. It was a solid wrestling match. We were going through some things near the end that could be finishes, but they weren't. The crowd was really into all the false finishes. Eventually, we set up the pile driver spot. I spun on around, and he landed on his feet. Then he picked me up, upside down, and wham! 
dropped straight to his ass. There was simply no room for me to protect my head. I weighed 250, he weighed 225 or thereabouts at the time, but with the jump up and the impact down, man, I got spiked head first in the mat hard as hell. That's one of the things that's going to turn you into a quadriplegic quicker than anything. It's called actual load. It's not a whiplash thing, but a major impact blow to the spinal cord. Boom. I remember kind of picking my head up from the mat and telling the referee, Earl Hebner. Earl got up and told Owen, don't touch him, he can't move. I said, tell him to buy me some time. Earl told him that. So Owen started chanting to the crowd, now he's going to have to kiss my ass. He was buying me the time I needed to recover. A minute or a minute and a half went by and I finally started getting a little bit of feeling back in my limbs. My shoulders and my anterior delts were on fire. It took everything I had to bend my legs and try to get into a crawl position, but I couldn't crawl on my hands because I couldn't use my hands yet. Still, we had to get to the finish and I had to win. So I was crawling around on my elbows, and I told the referee, roll up for the win. He told Owen what I'd called, and the next thing that happened was I did the worst-looking roll-up in wrestling history because I couldn't use my limbs. Somehow I managed to hold Owen on his back and get a three-count out of it. I meant for that to be the end of it, but Owen kicked right out after three. Why? To make himself look strong like he was barely beat. That kick out hurt me like hell, too, and could easily have injured my neck further. I should have lain there and gotten medical attention, but it didn't happen that way. It was one of those deals where it was a highly anticipated match. There were a lot of 316 shirts out there that night, a whole lot of Stone Cold fans. All the referees came out to the ring, and it took three of them to pull me to my feet. I got my arms around them, and they tried to hold me up and hand me the title belt, but my legs were dragging, and I could barely walk. I got to the back and I was visibly shaken. The whole thing just scared the crap out of me. As it got me onto a stretcher, I just wanted to know what the hell had happened. They took me to the hospital for x-rays and I was released. I bought myself a 12-pack of beer, laid in bed at the hotel, and finally went to sleep. Despite everything, I got up the next day and drove to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania to do Raw, cut a promo on Owen, because I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. My delts were burning like crazy and I couldn't wrestle but I went and covered my ass on TV. Here's what I said to Owen Hart the next night on Raw is War. Owen Hart, I'm not going to listen to the doctors. I'm not going to wear this piece of crap they gave me, this stupid neck brace. The fact that you dropped me on my head don't mean a damn thing to me. The fact of the matter was, you were too stupid to cover me when you had the chance. The bottom line is, you're a loser, Owen Hart. Not because I say you are, but because it runs through your veins because your mom and dad gave that to you, and I can't do nothing about that. Tonight I truly will open up a can of whoop-ass and show you exactly what Austin 316 means. It was later found out that Austin had a bruised spine along with other injuries, making it a very serious injury. This made sure that Austin could not wrestle, and at Ground Zero, Austin and Dulove were ordered to vacate the tag team championships, since Austin could not compete. Austin delivered two stunners, though, however, one to good old JR Jim Ross, and the other to Owen Hart which in turn helped the headbangers win the championships. Later on, Austin would have to vacate the Intercontinental title as well, which led to a stunner for Commissioner Slaughter. Do you think for one split second that you can strip this title from Stone Cold Steve Austin, take it from my hands right now, and I'll knock your damn teeth out? I don't think they're real anyway, but I don't, I don't think McMahon would like to lose them. What I will do, Vince, because I've done been the Intercontinental champion, I done been the tag team champions. Hell, son, there ain't but one belt in the federation that I'm interested in, and that's the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. Hear that, Shawn Michaels? So what I'm going to do, Rock, is I'm going to forfeit the damn title to you tonight what? because I got bigger fish to fry. So go ahead and take the damn thing because I don't want it no more. Rocky's somewhat apprehensive. Take it. Take it. Huh? Take it. 
Apparently, Take it. Apparently The Rock is a new Ladies age. and gentlemen. Shut up. Shake my hand, champ. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Trust me, champ. This is only up and up. You Trust can... the snake. Congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, the new Intercontinental Champion, The Rock. Now, this is a shocker. You ain't lying. Second time The Rock has been Intercontinental. Whoa! Austin Stone DTA, Rock. Don't trust anybody. There's your little Intercontinental Champion laying right there on his ass. You talk about your TV, ladies. You send the cable crew with me because Steve Austin's got plans for the belt and it ain't got a damn thing to do with wrestling. All you got to do is tune in next week. Same Stone Cold time, same Stone Cold channel. Well, as you can see, it's a beautiful night. You got the moon shining bright up there. You got the cars going back and forth over there. But you ain't got no one on this bridge but Stone Cold Steve Austin with the Intercontinental Championship belt. Rock, when I gave this belt to you, I did just that. You didn't have to earn a damn thing. Well, tonight, son, if you want to find it, I got a few things that I'm going to give you first. If you're going to find it, you're going to need a few objects. You're going to need, you're going to need your little mask so that you can see under the water. You're going to need your little snorkel. Hell, son, you might even need a regulator because you're going to have to go deep. So I got you it's a little oxygen tank, and I really doubt there's any oxygen in the damn thing. But nonetheless, there, there the damn thing is. And I tell you what, Rock, Take your little flippers because you probably can't swim worth a damn either. Here's a cell phone. When you find a damn thing, dial my number. And here's a pager. When you dial me, tell me you found your little belt. I'll page you back, put the 316, and give you the big thumbs up. Right? You're the biggest piece of trash I ever saw. It hurts me to do this, but I really don't give a damn about you or the W. So I'll see you a little belt later. Oh, my. No! There goes the belt! And that's the bottom line because the 316 sets so. up. You piece of trash. Let him swim out there and find a damn thing. If he's lucky, he'll find it. If he don't, maybe he'll drown. I really don't give a damn what he does. Well, Austin has done it again. He's defied authority. The Intercontinental title is sleeping where the fish is tonight. And Rocky's got a good swim in front of him if he ever expects to get it back. This was a scary time for Austin as he believed his career could be over. He was lucky his life wasn't over from this ill-fated move. Austin's career was in deep jeopardy. What would the future hold for Stone Cold Steve Austin? Owen Hart never called me after he piled drove me and injured me. I heard that his brother Brett kept telling him to call me, but we never connected. Did I hate Owen? No, that's just the business and we weren't really friends to start with. Did I want to work with him after that? No, I didn't. I didn't want to do business with him again. Right or wrong, that's how I felt. Sometimes I wonder how it could have happened. As good a technical wrestler as Owen was, he should have known that he needed to drop to his knees, not his ass, to protect my neck. When he didn't call me at my house afterwards, that kind of pissed me off a little bit. It was like, hey, if I damn near paralyzed someone, I'd be calling them every damn day of the week. The WWE merchandise department came out with a t-shirt that said Owen 316, and on the back it said, I just broke your neck. I thought that was pretty damn cheesy. If I was going to get any of the royalties off that one, maybe I would have liked it better. But if he's going to put the money in his pocket for messing my life up, I wasn't real fond of that. Anyway, it was just one of those things, and I'm still paying for it now. That's the way it goes in a wrestling business. It ain't ballet. Things happen, and that time it happened to me. But I ain't going to sit here and cry about it.
I just deal with it every single day, and I will continue to deal with it for the rest of my life. Honestly, I was surprised that they were even doing a tombstone pile driver because no one does it better than The Undertaker. It's one of the dead man's signature moves. Wrestlers usually don't or shouldn't use other talents' finishing moves for their own high spots. But that's another story for another time. My take on this incident was this. Owen was a good person and a hell of a wrestler. He was born into wrestling royalty in my eyes as the youngest son of the legendary tough guy and longtime promoter Stu Hart. I always felt that Owen may have thought that he had let his family down, specifically his dad and older brother Brett, with a poorly executed maneuver. It would be like the son of Michael Jordan being cut from his basketball team. It just wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. And I think Owen was so taken aback by what happened that he never cleared the air with Steve. I will guarantee you one thing. Owen cared, and I know he felt bad about what happened because we used to discuss it often. When Steve was out of commission because of the neck injury, Owen used to ask me about Steve all the time. I would say to him, why don't you call him? Owen's response was always along the lines of, I'm going to, or I will, I just feel so bad about what I did. Steve and Owen never had the conversation they needed to have, the conversation both men felt in their hearts before Owen's untimely death. It's one face-to-face meeting I wish I could have orchestrated. Then the night that shook the wrestling world by storm was when the night that Stone Cold Steve Austin stunned chairman and CEO of the World Wrestling Federation Vince McMahon. First stunner on Mr. McMahon was big. It was Madison Square Garden, and I think that's the best way to not just see a moment, but to live it. Steve had uh, been uh, stone cold stunning everybody, and everybody knew eventually he's going to get the balls. You got to work within the system. That's all you got to do. I knew that was a pivotal moment because all of the wrestlers were watching it. Here you have uh, a wrestler getting physical with his boss, the owner of the company. You can kiss my ass. Mr. McMahon acting like a fish out of water afterwards, not so great, but a great moment all in all. This was the beginning of the feud that brought the WWF back to the top of the ratings war and to ultimately sports entertainment supremacy. Austin continued to go after the man who injured him, the Rocket, the King of Hearts, Owen Hart, who soon issued a restraining order against the Rattlesnake. Austin did not care one bit, though. He always found a way to attack him, including posing as one of Hart's Riot Squad members. Austin also signed a liability waiver, which allowed him to wrestle again despite the injury. At the Survivor Series 1997, a year after Austin and the Hitman did battle, Austin and Owen faced off one more time for the Intercontinental Championship. In an utter brawl that went to the back at one point, Austin managed a stone-cold stunner and won despite the injury once again becoming the Intercontinental Champion. 
after the match. Team Canada attacked, but Austin gave each a stunner, showing his power once again. Stone Cold could not be stopped. Austin's next feud was with the Nation of Domination, mainly focusing in on Rocky the Rock Maivia. At one edition of Monday Night Raw, while Austin was fighting with the rest of the NOD, Maivia stole the Intercontinental title, keeping it for himself. This made Austin target Maivia on more than one occasion. This was the beginning of one of the greatest feuds in professional wrestling history. On one edition, Maivia's beeper went off, showing the number 316. And, as a result, Stone Cold appeared to beat down The Rock. Let's get two things perfectly clear right here, right now, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And that rock is the people's champion. The rock is your real intercontinental champion. Has some technical, we have some technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen, our lights are... Well, I'll tell you what, one thing's for damn sure, the rock is the best damn intercontinental champion there ever was. Apparently some audio problems as well, we apologize for that. You know, December 7th, D-Generation X, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin wants a knockdown, drag out, slobber knocker kind of fight. And that's fine. But this particular match is going to be on my terms. The Rock is calling all the shots on this one. Why? Because I'm the champ and I got it like that. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you want to call The Rock a jackass? Well, get up, get up close on this one, cameraman. Bro, all the people know who the real jackass is. <laughs> Thank you very much. Again, a new facility here, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize on? for these technical problems. This building's only five, it's been five weeks. Hey, the don't fix that doesn't have anything to do with that spine back there. You're right about that. I think the nation's going to go uh, take care of that technical problem. I think, I think the Rock is sending these guys out to the TV truck. The well, Rock's not too happy about Stone Cold in the controls. There's your answer right there. Look who's in the truck. He's going to be on TV tonight. He's only going to be there if Stone Cold wants him to be there. They actually need to pay you to do this. A damn kindergarten student could do this. Rocky, I'm calling all the shots. I'm pushing all the buttons. And I'm going to tell you something right now. When you're walking through the airport and your beeper goes off, you look down and it says 316. You know your ass belongs to Stone Cold. You got to ask yourself a question. With me learning all this technology, you got to wonder, is it live or is it Memorex? Give me the damn control, this piece of trash. Because I can do this. You just you put your cap down, wear that, try to be somebody for once. What's Rocky doing? How you like it? Give me some sound. Well, somebody needs to get off uh, out of the truck. And, well, hey, they did. Austin got himself out of the truck. My God, the rattlesnake right behind the rock. Rocky's beeper just went off. 
a good Thanksgiving, but here's a little third for you to enjoy right now. Oh my God. Well, can you apologize, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry for that. Can you imagine what it's going to be like on Sunday, December the 7th, the Intercontinental title on the line. It is going to be a slobber knocker. Austin is ready to fight the world, and this crowd here is ready to stand behind him. Well, I'll tell you what. Because you're messing with the number one hellraiser in the world. You ain't got a chance, you piece of trash. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said stop. The two battled it out for the title at D Generation X with Austin driving to the ring in his 316 pickup truck. Before the match, the NOD tried to take out Austin. But instead, he responded by backdropping D'Lo Brown through the windshield of his truck. Austin then entered the ring and fought Maivia for the actual match. During the contest, Austin accidentally stunned the referee, taking him out. Later on, after a second ref had come down, Austin took out Maivia with yet another stunner and won the match, staying the Intercontinental Champion. Therefore, Stone Cold ends... 1997, Intercontinental Champion once again, surviving a near-career-ending injury at the hands of Owen Hart, and now starting a feud with arguably his greatest rival ever in The Rock. What would 1998 hold for Stone Cold Steve Austin? He would turn his sights on the World Championship. Find out on the next edition of the Stone Cold Chronicles. You're listening to the Retro Wrestling Podcast, Beyond the Bell. You can listen to Beyond the Bell on iTunes, Player.fm, Podbay.fm, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and our official website, btbcast.com. Connect socially on Facebook and Twitter at btbcast. Questions, comments, and suggestions can be sent to contact at btbcast.com. Go old school with Beyond the Bell. nineteen ninety seven also brought highs and lows for Steve Austin with his success increasing exponentially in the WWF. He hit a snag as I was live in person witnessing 
the pile driver from Owen Hart that broke the neck of Steve Austin. Doctors believed he never should even enter the squared circle again, but he returned to open up a can of whoop-ass on his new rival, The Rock and the Nation of Domination. If anything, this year proved that nothing would hold Stone Cold Steve Austin back, and all his hard work paid off in the year 1998, in which we'll cover on the next edition of the Stone Cold Chronicles. Get ready as Austin meets Tyson as we prepare for Steve Austin's first ever world championship victory in professional wrestling. All this and more on the next edition of the Stone Cold Chronicles. So until then, get ready. Stock up on those Steve Weisers as we'll relive the historic year of 1998. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Beyond the Bell. Remember to always keep it old school, my friends.